So why don't we stand, and we'll prepare to worship. Lord willing, we might um, tap into the book of Hebrews tonight. Still have that second half of chapter 12, and every time I, I revisit it and go over it, I'm thinking, oh my God, this is so rich, such powerful stuff. The first half, you know, is powerful, and then you get to the middle, and it's like all of this talk about discipline, you know, being disciplined by our parents growing up, and, you know, who didn't, you know, be, who wasn't disciplined, you know, all of us go through it, and, you know, it's for our own good that we receive discipline, and so we got kind of, we ended with that whole theme, but the rest of the chapter, it is just so, it's glorious, it's, it's all about the kingdom that we are inheriting, so this verse comes from, oh, I never did fix that, verse 128, we're going to read it backwards from <laughs> verse 128 to 20 should be verse 28 to 29. So we, we read this out loud a couple, a couple times now. We don't have to read it out loud, but I just want to highlight something. It says, since we are receiving our rights to an unshakable kingdom, we should be extremely thankful and offer God the purest worship that delights his heart as we lay down our lives in absolute surrender filled with awe. For our God is a holy, devouring fire. Before we go there, let's back up. Receiving our rights. We are receiving our rights to an unshakable kingdom. The last time we read this together, I just wanted to, to remind us. John 1, verse 12. Um, John wrote that to those who received Jesus as the light was coming into the world... Those of us who have received him and who have believed in his name, we have received the right to become children of God. I have to verify if it's the same word there, if that's that word in Greek, exousia. Because the word in John 1.12 says, those of us who have received Jesus, we have received the right, the exousia, which means royal or regal authority. Okay, pause for a second. You can look at your neighbor, you can look at me, you can look at someone behind you. Envision the reality of what that is saying. You have been crowned. You have royalty that has been placed upon you by Jesus himself. The power of his cross not only took away your sin, took away your disease, took away your bondage to the devil, it not only guaranteed you to... to go to heaven when you shed this mortal body it also guarantees you as as a recipient of a new identity you have become a new creature in christ the old is gone the new has come so what you are right now you may not feel like a new creation in christ you might feel like the person that you were when before you got saved but i i, I promise you you're not the same you might kind of forget where you've been and where you are now but the reality is who he has created you to be you have received the imperishable seed of the word of god you have received the seed of the holy spirit yeah i'll use the the, the word is uh, i don't know if it's exact in the greek but it's that word that's kind of like the word sperma you your spirit is like a womb in the spirit of god is like the seed that has come to, to be planted inside of you. And when Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, came to live inside of you and me, he planted his seed inside of your spirit, and you have become 
reborn into a new person. The old you is dead. You have been crucified with Christ. You no longer live. But now Christ lives in you. He wants to put you and me on like a glove. He wants to live through us, that Jesus could be made manifest through our bodies, through our, our words, through our thinking, through our lives. And in that, in that legacy that we've received, in that inheritance that we've received from Jesus, that new life, not only are you a new creature with a new identity, you have received rights. You have received exousia, royal authority, authority. Like you have permission. The king has said, you are my daughter, you are my son. I have given you authority in my name to go and to conquer, to go and take dominion, to rule and reign in life through, not through me, but through him, he would be saying, through me, Christ Jesus. Rule and reign in life as kings and queens through your faith in Jesus. So when we look at this scripture, I'll have to look it up. Maybe I'll do it while we're worshiping tonight, just for a second. I'm like, I want to worship. Believe me, I, I love worship more than anything else, but I love the word of God as well, equally. So I'll look that up because I, I have a feeling the rights there is exousia, but it could be not. So you are receiving your rights to an unshakable kingdom. That means you have been given access to the domain of the king, to the king's domain, to the kingdom. Everything that is in heaven, all of the riches of wealth and spiritual uh, blessings, as Ephesians 1 say, all of that has been, we have been blessed with access to all of that because you are now in Christ. So since we're receiving our rights to an unshakable kingdom, because of all of this stuff that I just rambled out, our, re our proper response would be to worship God with awe, with reverence, with fear and trembling even, with total abandon and just laying all we are at his feet, surrendering to him because he's worth it. He's worthy. He's worth it all. And not only that, but when you and I lay our lives down on the altar of worship before him, how does God respond to a sacrifice on the altar? By fire. Yeah, our God is an all-consuming fire, a holy devouring fire. And if we get to it tonight, I had the footnotes. It could be translated um, to some sort of light that's so bright beyond all comparison to any other light. He's like an all-consuming light or a, or a devouring fire. So let's get ready to praise and worship. You want to yeah. pray us in? Yeah, Father, we just say come tonight and have your way. We give you permission to do what you want tonight. We just ask for your holy fire to fall on this place tonight. God, that you would just change us. God, that we lay everything down at your feet. We come before you fully abandoned. God, we love you. We love you so much. We just want you. We want more of you. We want to be consumed by you. Thank you, God. Just don't stop, guys. Just because the music's over, we, we don't need to stop worshiping. Just with your own voice right now, just, just lift up your thanksgiving to him. Lift up your praise to him. Tell him what he means to you. Take a minute. 
express your love on him. Jesus, we love you. We love you, Lord. You are my Savior, my rescuer. You are my life. You are my source. You're everything to me. We worship you. Lift your voices, guys. Lift your voices. Don't be ashamed to lift your voice. Jesus, you're everything. You're worthy. You are God. You are King of the universe. You are King of this world. You're King of our lives. We welcome your kingdom. We say, be the King of my life. Be the King of my heart. Come and have your way in me. Let my life be an offering to you. Let all that I am be bringing pleasure to your name.
So we're going to have a time of communion tonight. And uh, we're going to start this communion time out with a word or I guess it's more like a vision, an encounter that Barbara had with the Lord today. And we're gonna ask her to share in part. So we kind of talked about this beforehand, but uh, there's just a little bit more. Tammy and I were uh, just kind of bumping heads during worship. And um, so in part as in share the increase that you were seeing without naming names or naming ministries. So let's let's uh, leave out specific compartments, but just share the share what you feel can be shared outside of that. Does that make sense? Is that like different kinds of ministries that you were seeing? Let's let's uh, let's hold on to that. Yeah, and, and naming names for those specific roles. But this was a powerful thing that God showed Barbara today and that was a word it ties into a word that was spoken over many of us during the conference last week that they didn't know anything about us or our church but the word increase kept coming up increase you know that that's an easy word to prophesy over somebody and you want to bless people you want to see increase over their finances over their health but there's something that is of the will of God and of the kingdom of God that is in that word increase. The kingdom of God brings increase. It increases. Jesus said that the kingdom is like a mustard seed of the, the smallest of seeds. But when you plant it, it becomes this tree, basically. It, it grows, it expands, it becomes a tree where all the birds of the wherever come and rest on its branches so the kingdom increases it was prophesied about Jesus in Isaiah of the increase of his kingdom there will be no end his kingdom his rule his expansion his plan in our lives and in our church and in our city is that his kingdom would expand just like dough rises when there's yeast in it so there is an increase so Barbara if you want to come up take your time to share what, what you feel like. And sorry. And, and then after Barbara shares, I'm going to have you guys come up and grab your communion elements. And we're going to work this in around communion tonight because Jesus paid for this. Anything, let me just add this real quick. Anything that we see and experience of the kingdom of heaven, Jesus paid for it. And if he, if he did it somewhere else, he can do it in your life. It's Anything is possible. All things are possible. When he speaks the word, there's power to accomplish what he has spoken. Uh, for those of you who were here last week, the, we spoke of the, the community here being fairly small, but there are some very, very strong pillars in this community who will be called forth <laughs> to build this church, to uh, increase, increase, increase on all levels and all facets. Um, so I was seeing last week a foundation and a framework of a church. Now the walls, the roof is on, the walls are going up. 
the finished work is being done. Um, I'll kind of tell you what happened like the last few days that put me in the space to receive this word. The, for three days, my friend Jean and I, who live in the same building, there's a lot of work from the dark principalities. Well, we just blasted them. We just blasted them. So I came away from that feeling so humbled that Jesus and the Holy Spirit was working through me and it was so powerful so anyway I got up this morning worship for an hour read some scripture the the one the main one that came to me was I'm sure you're familiar with um, which is uh, John 3 16 this is from the passion translation This is how much God loved the world. He gave his one and only unique son as a gift. So now everyone who believes in him will never perish but experience everlasting life. So I started thinking about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. That he took on the sins of everyone who has ever been on this planet. Billions and billions and billions and billions that we can't conceive the weight of that he sweat blood he had to look forward to being betrayed and denied by two of his best friends the 12 apostles he was going to suffer be scourged bleed die on the cross humiliated was buried rose from the dead and ascended to heaven God gave his only son knowing that he would suffer that much for us, to take the weight of our sins off us. It can't be anything but humbling. Okay, it was after that, God spoke to me about Legacy City Church. There's going to be so much increase in the next few months, like through the end of this year, and it is going to start with an increase in children. Good for you guys. <laughs> And there's so much fellowship, just growth on every level. Uh, word is going to be spreading because there's so much healing and deliverance that will be happening here. Word is going to go out to the community. People will be coming in droves. The building will be expanding. Word is going to get to the media. There will be donations anonymously and from other people. It's just increase, 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 increase. We need to really stay focused on that. Completely surrender our lives to the Lord. And that's what's gotten this going is our unity, our strength, our, our fellowship in this church. We are unstoppable when Jesus is working through us. It's just so amazing. It's so amazing. It's just so amazing. I was just shaking afterwards. And then after that, I started getting a little... Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this is kind of scary. But we really need to stay focused. We need to stay focused. It's coming, it's happening this year. It's going to start out a little bit slow, and then boom, one after another, after another, after another, increase. So God bless you all. God bless you all for hanging in there, being so steadfast. God loves you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you so much.
uh, I'm not going to sing it because my voice is really bad right now, um, or usually. It was brick upon brick upon brick. I'm building my temple. And it was just, you know, it was just repeated. And he's building a temple, and he's the foundation within us. Communion is a good response not only to what he did on the cross, but to all the promises that he's given us. And I really want you guys today to just hold your elements and before him with all the promises that he's given you. And that's in health or in every area of our lives. And just hold it before him today and just thank him. Just thank him. Yeah, so let's go ahead and come up and grab your, your cup and your cracker, your bread and your, your wine, and then hold on to it and we'll take it together. said that's a dangerous place to put the microphone. I don't know. I'm pretty safe in that regards. It's not my thing. <laughs> All right, we had to set aside a communion element for our son who disappeared, so he'll be back. That's a pretty powerful, uh, big word that Barbara shared. And, you know, my first response is, Lord, I believe, help me with my unbelief. Because if that is what happens, it's going to be him. But years ago, the Lord confirmed to us prophetically through multiple people, a simple phrase that some of you will recognize that is build it and they will come build it and they will come so we've built it and some of you have come and that is a word of increase that there's more 
Tammy and I know, you guys know us. This isn't about us. We just love Jesus so much and his presence so much, and we know his power. We know he's a healer. He's a rescuer. He is a reconciler. He can make all things new. He can take people with mental illness and depression and bring them back to life. I've seen it. We've seen it. He could take me, and you, I'm not going to tell you about my life again when I was a kid, but you, he could take me, drug addict, well, not addicted, drug user, all that stuff, and can rescue me and fix my life and clean me up enough to where this lady would want to marry me. That was a miracle. you got to believe me, it's a miracle. And there's a lot more to it than that. I was asking for a specific type of woman and I'm not worthy of the gift that he gave me. I'm not trying to make Tammy's head swell up like a balloon here, but it's true. I know who I am. Maybe I had an issue of self-worth. Many of us have an issue of loving ourselves the way God loves us. And until we learn how to love ourselves the way he does and get rid of all of our insecurities and self-hatred and all of our focus on our faults and weaknesses and begin to see who we are in his eyes and receive the compliments, receive the input from people and, and actually embrace that, how can we love others if we can't love? Jesus said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Don't tell me that, no, I, I can just despise myself, but fully love someone with the, the love of God. It doesn't work that way. You got to realize who he sees you as. He paid this price right here for you and for me. This was how, how valuable you are to him. The God of heaven, the King of the universe laid down his life on a cross and he didn't just die he took our sin, the weight of our sin and sickness and all of the forces of hell that were against us, he took that all on himself. He was crushed. He was bruised. He was broken for us, for our iniquity. God so loved the world. He so loved you and me. that That's what he gave. That's how valuable we are to him. We're so valuable to him that he would pay that kind of price, that Jesus himself would be willing to go along with the plan, to do the will of the Father, and to love not his own life, even to the death on a cross. So tonight when we take this, let's not only remember the price Jesus paid, the value of the price that was on your head and my head, to, to redeem us, to, to purchase us. But it's also the price of his broken body to make you and I a part of his body. So that as we remember his broken body on the cross by eating this bread that represents his broken body, that it's through that he made you and I a part of his body. That we take him into us, we receive him, and he receives us. It's like a marriage covenant. It's like the, the exchange of vows. I do and I do. 
He said on the cross, I do. The word, it is finished, his final words on the cross, to telestai, it can be translated the word bride. He knew when he took his final breath, bride, that's you and that's me. We are the ones that he was going for. And we get to become part of him as he, as he comes and lives in us. We get to have our lives uh, hidden deeply, hidden, hidden in Christ. You are safe. I am safe. I have no fear. I don't care what comes against me or any of us. Yeah, we will go to war for each other and for ourselves, but we have no fear. There's nothing to be afraid of. Your life is hidden in Christ. You are safe and secure in the beloved. So as we get ready to eat this bread, why don't you just stand up? Let's stand up. Come on, you guys. You can't be that tired. You can sit down again in a minute. Part of our scripture reading tonight, if we get to the end of it, maybe we'll just do half, but if, uh, verse 23, it says, as members of the church of the firstborn, okay, that's us. Jesus is the firstborn. He's the firstborn of many sons and daughters. He was not always walking on this earth as a human being. God, the son, became a man and walked among us. So he's the firstborn. He's the first fruits of the resurrection of the dead, never to die again. In a long line of sons and daughters, brothers and sisters. So as members of the church of the firstborn, all our names have been legally registered. There is no argument. You are legal. You're not an illegal. <laughs> you are legal. Legally registered as citizens of heaven. And we have come before God who judges all and who lives among the spirits of the righteous who have been made perfect in his eyes. Just hold out the bread before you. Father, we thank you tonight that you sent Jesus Christ, our King, to lay his life down on the cross to take our sin and shame and sickness and brokenness and oppression upon himself that we might have that exchange of his righteousness, of his holiness, of kingdom health and healing, of the glorious freedom of the sons and daughters of God. So as we take this bread, we remember the price that was paid. Until you come for us, we will never forget Jesus. We will never forget. I just feel like the Lord wants to heal somebody tonight. Maybe he wants to just heal us all. There's probably something broken somewhere. Maybe it's in your childhood memories. Maybe it's an event that happened at your, in your life. I felt the fire of God in this room earlier. I didn't say anything and Kelly stood right over here and he said, it's hot right here. And it's not from that air conditioner thing blowing warm air. There's something hot in the room. 
And I felt tonight as we were worshiping, I saw the flames like in the upper room. That's why I, I kind of prayed that the flames of the flames of the spirit just resting on each one of us. But I feel like, you know, oftentimes that fire, that heat is because is here manifesting because God wants to heal. He wants to heal us. And I believe that as we drink this cup tonight, that he wants to impart healing. As you remember the, the value and the potency of the blood of Jesus that is represented in this cup. We don't just drink this as a, a nice little gesture to remember Jesus dying for us. No, there is power in communion. There's power in this ritual, if you want to call it that, this, this rite. There is power in it when Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. I don't think he was thinking we would just forget about him. No, do this to remember him. Remember what he was doing this for. Remember the, the price and the power of his sacrifice. So the next verse in that Hebrews 12 passage says, in verse 24, we have come to Jesus. We have come to Jesus who has established a new covenant with his blood sprinkled upon the mercy seat. Blood that continues to speak from heaven. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. A better message than Abel's blood that cries from the earth. Justice, justice. Abel, when his brother killed him, when Cain slew him, his blood drained into the earth. And the writer of Hebrews says, that man's blood cried out justice. But the blood of Jesus speaks a stronger, better word than the blood of Abel. The blood of Jesus speaks forgiveness. Forgiveness. So if you need forgiveness, or healing in your body. Let's just lift this cup up. And we present this cup of your blood before your throne, King Jesus. We recognize the holiness, the royalty, and the power and authority of your blood over sin, sickness, oppression, depression, anything that could come against us. Because if you are for us, there's nothing that can stand against us. So we receive this cup tonight into our bodies. And as we drink it, Lord, release your healing. Release the fire. Release the new life. Release the fresh baptism of love in Jesus' name. want to just take a moment before we put the Corvette into third gear or neutral or park or whatever. There might be one more gear to shift into to have a smooth ride and a smooth transition. So if any of our people who have gone through our prophetic class or those of you who didn't but you know who you are, we trust you. We, it's pretty much everyone in the room actually. Um, if you have a word that you feel like uh, God dropped on you during worship or if he showed you a picture or something to build up the, the body something to encourage a testimony that would encourage I want you just to come up real quick and uh, 
You don't have to share it real quick, but come up real quick because I don't want to drag it out. I actually have a testimony. I, for the last couple of weeks, my ears have been clogged. And Friday night after our healing class, Scott's like, is there anyone who needs healing? I was like, yes, me, because I can't hear myself sing. I'm having a hard time hearing anyone up there singing. And my kids are talking to me, and I'm like, I can't hear I can't hear you past other noise, which is unusual for me because I have really good hearing. And um, that's probably where Emily gets it from. And uh, anyway, so Barbara had put her hands on my ears, and everyone got around me and just started praying for me. And my ears were 80% healed Friday night and then Saturday morning when I woke up it's completely gone so now she can hear me when I'm telling her Tammy would you go do the dishes oh oh my god did I just say that and he can hear me laughing <laughs> he doesn't talk to me like that don't worry <laughs> that's the other way Scott will you make me a sandwich <laughs> He's a really good sandwich maker. Anyone else? <laughs> he should. Oh! there him and his wife Carol were in the room when Ethan was born <laughs> I mean they weren't in, yeah let me fix that they, they weren't in the room they came in after he was born yes we didn't allow people just to waltz on in <laughs> and he held Ethan and he just it was special because he was you know you're just he had the perfect little head just the perfect so round I'll never forget that nurse is washing your head she's like it's just so perfect and it was it was just like a cute little blonde fuzz all over he's just all of our babies were cute so anyway that's what all parents say even even if their babies are ugly they're like my baby's the cutest but no ours really were cute but J jim jim christensen held you and he's just he was just like how can they say there's no god and he's just see a birth and you hold a baby, a newborn baby, how can you doubt that there is a creator? Anyway, well, we're going to shift gears, um, but I did look up that word that I said I was going to look up during worship about how, because we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable. So no, it's not the word exousia. I was hoping but a, a word that's just as powerful. So this was in the Passion Trans, that was the Passion Translation that we had up there. So um, he has footnotes, and I should have known it was in italics, um, the part that says, receiving our rights. Since we are receiving our rights to an unshakable kingdom. So in this translation, he says, the Greek word, paralambano, can you say paralambano? Come on, this is a, 
It's Greek class tonight. Come on, say it. Paralambano. Okay, you don't have to say it. Since you are receiving your rights, the Greek word paralambano is often used in classical Greek literature for heirs who have the rights of succession. Heirs who have the rights of succession to a throne. Succession to a throne. Now, that doesn't mean we're taking Jesus' throne like the devil thought he was going to. But we are receiving our rights, our paralambano, our rights of succession to the throne, to an unshakable kingdom. So we are receiving our rights, the rights of succession to a kingdom. Jesus is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. You are not a pauper. You are not scum. You are not just a sinner saved by grace. Yeah, you were a sinner saved by grace, but he has reconciled you and he has adopted you and given you a new identity. You are no longer a sinner saved by grace. You are a saint who occasionally sins. That's a better way to look at it because you got to admit it. You still mess up, right? We all sin. We all make mistakes. If we don't, if we say we haven't sinned, we make him out to be a liar. But the reality is transformation in our lives comes through renewing of our thinking. We don't change by trying harder. We don't become more like Jesus by just slapping ourselves in the face and beating ourselves up when we fail and looking at ourselves in the mirror and saying, oh, I just wish you would quit messing up all the time. No. That would be like taking a child, like when Ethan was a baby and then he started crawling and just look, are you ever gonna walk? Gosh, stupid kid. No. <laughs> no, of course we wouldn't. Or when he began to walk and then he fell down, would we be like, look at this idiot. He can't even walk. No. What did we do when he took his first steps? We're like, come on, come on, come on. Keep walking, don't fall. Ah, oh, he fell. And we're like, prop him back up again. We're like, you're going to run one day. We knew before we could see it, we had faith that he was going to walk and he was going to run. It's the same with us. Heaven celebrates your progress. Heaven is on your side. Heaven, Holy Spirit, is there to increase in your life and strengthen your weak knees and your feeble hands and cause you to rise up and to grow in strength, to go from one measure of glory to the next measure of glory, to the next, to the next, and to the next. But if you fall down and just step out of God's God's position that he's, he's put you in, you just say, I'm not worthy. I'm not gonna stand in his glory anymore. I'm just, I'm just a worm, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. So I'm just gonna stay over here where all the dirt bags hang out and throw ashes over my head, have a pity party, try to find other people in the church that think like I do and surround myself with miserable, lemon-sucking Christians, you know. How can we win people to Jesus if that's what they see looking like a Christian is? If that's what looking, looking like a Christian is, 
someone who's been sucking on sour persimmons looks like that, who's just bitter all the time, unhappy, just miserable. How does that represent or represent the Father? How does that represent Jesus? So when we make mistakes, we need to stand up. Proverbs says the righteous man, which you and I have been declared righteous through the blood of Christ, the righteous man falls seven times, but what does he do? He gets back up. You and I have been given grace from God. Grace not as a license to go sin and do whatever you want as long as you want because you know you're forgiven, because that is hypocrisy, that is treating the blood of Jesus as if it's some unholy thing. But he gave you and I grace like a nutrient-filled garden to grow in. We grow in the grace of God. We need the grace of God to go from glory to glory. We need to renew our thinking and renew our minds with the truth of what God says about us, what Jesus has paid. Tonight, what we've talked about so far is all truth that we need to renew our thinking with. So you might do it or you might not, but when you get up tomorrow and you brush your teeth and get ready to go out, look at yourself in the mirror, maybe even say it. Look at yourself and point to yourself. You are a royal child of God. You have received regal authority. You will rule and reign in life through Christ Jesus as a king or a queen. Tell the piano player to go home. All right, you're done. There we go. Okay. You guys doing good? You need to stand up and shake your leg for a minute? No? Okay. Would you uh, enjoy maybe 15 minutes of just feasting on God's word? I love the word of God, and I think you would be like, you know, someone would look at you sideways if you're like, not really. I know you might be tired. If you need to get some sugar to help stimulate you a little bit, Miss Judy brought cupcakes tonight, beautiful, chocolatey, delicious cupcakes. You're welcome to go grab one real quick if you can not have a conversation with other people over there and grab a cup of coffee if you want and then come back and then we will feast on the word of God together or you could just stay put. It's your choice. Oh, look at this. Some people have a sweet tooth. I promise you guys I'm going to stay uh, watching the clock here on the top of the screen. We will, we will put, pull the plug at 8 o'clock. We don't have to go home at 8, but we're just going to, I'll be done. So you don't have to worry about getting tired of my voice tonight. Except for Ethan. He's like, yeah, i got to hear you all time. What would you say? Oh, okay. Well, I got the clock right here. Now, that doesn't mean if we're like 8.59 and there's like two passages left, then I go over 30 seconds. So, anyway, I'll do my best. Hey guys, you know, when we're done tonight, if anyone wants to receive some prayer, um, yeah, right back there, then we, we would love to pray. We'd love to pray. This is a house of healing. This is a house that is going to go after what Jesus paid for. We call this church Legacy City Church because Jesus has given us a legacy. He's given us an inheritance. I know that almost sounds like, well, someone who died and 
left something. Well, he did die, but he did rise from the dead. He's alive, and he's sitting on the throne right now in heaven, and he's watching us, cheering us on, because he wants to see us get the full reward for him of what he paid for. So if Jesus paid for it, we want to pull from heaven and release it into earth to see Jesus get the reward. There's stuff that he's paid for that people have never accessed. Some people have just put up with sickness, never asked God to heal them, never prayed. They just embraced it as, well, God's teaching me a lesson. That's kind of what we learned in our healing class. Many people just think that God sends sickness to teach you a lesson. Well, that's, that's not true. That's a lie. Jesus paid the price. He bore our sin and our sickness. By his stripes, we are healed. So we will go after healing. We will, as we called it, there's the blueprint model. Is that what it was? And then there's the warfare model. So we are the warfare model. We, we recognize there is a war at place in the world and in the spirit realm. And we are ones who will fight and go after seeing the king in his domain breaking into this earth where the devil has gotten his kingdom established. Sickness doesn't come from God. Never comes from God. It does not, he does not give you sickness to teach you a lesson. I'm not blaming everything on the devil, but sickness just, it, it, it just definitely does not come from God, and it most likely does stem from the, the reign of darkness. Okay, you guys ready? We're going to do Hebrews chapter 12, and we're going to start at, man, my eyes are, can you see what, well, here, I'll just put it up there. You guys can, there we go, we're going to start at verse 14. Now, I, I'm just going to give you a little heads up, a warning. You know, if you feel convicted, it's good. It's a good thing. If God, if God speaks to your heart and says, yeah, son, daughter, you got an area here that this is addressing. Okay, so here we go. In every relationship, hmm, that's all of us, right? We all have relationships. In every relationship, be swift to choose peace over competition and run swiftly toward holiness. Hmm, wow. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Selah. It's not like in the Psalms where it says Selah, but we should meditate on that for a second. So if you were here, and you probably were, and, and it, I'm not, this is not like to shame anyone who's heard a message or, or read a scripture that we've read, because um, sometimes we have to read certain passages a lot of times, and it's like, boom, that one's sticking with me. So Hebrews chapter 10 says that it's through the blood of Jesus, he has made holy those who are being perfected. So, yeah, so, so there's a positional holiness that we we have received his holiness to cover us. We are now in Christ, and we are hidden in his holiness. At the same time, what he has placed us in positionally, he also wants to work it in and out of us. In other words, there's a process of transformation of holy spirit. The spirit of holiness lives inside of you. If he's inside of you, then it should probably start to look like if you're cooperating with him. You can resist him. 
Okay? He says he'll never leave you, he'll never forsake you. So thank God, because there's probably been many occasions where he could have just said, I'm out of here. I'm going to evacuate this house. We can resist the Holy Spirit. We can grieve him. There's a lot of scriptures that tell us that we can offend God. We can quench the fire of God. But what we, that's what we don't want to do. What we want to do is obey his voice and resist the devil so the devil will flee from us and consider ourselves dead to sin and put to death, as Romans says, put to death the misdeeds of the body. So there's things that sin in our lives, unholy things, holiness, which God wants in us because he's holy. And then there's sin that creeps up. Often it's just remnants of a dead person that we once were, habits that have been formed, things that need to get broken, and uh, ways of thinking that needs to get renewed, um, where truth comes in and error goes out. Uh, Truth comes in about your identity and lies about who you are go out truths about whatever whatever lies that we believe that open ourselves up to um, sin basically because most of it comes when we just believe a lie we're getting lured into something because we're believing a lie that oh this thing would really be good you know I really would enjoy this I would really enjoy this temporary pleasure and then you enjoy that temporary pleasure and what happens you feel so beaten up and disappointed feeling like God is disappointed with you, feeling like all of heaven is just like shaking their head, kind of like the, the example I was given when the child falls down, right? But that's not the truth. The truth is God is cheering you on and, and drawing you into maturity, which means maturity means obeying him because obedient sons and daughters become mature sons and daughters. Maturity is, this is a, a phrase I learned a long time ago, so you can write it down and put it, make it as a tattoo if you want. I, I think it's that good, but I didn't make the tattoo. Maturity is not a matter of age, but of truth obeyed. So you might be getting ready to turn 88 years old, or whose birthday's next back there? Um, well, Emily's not here, so Nora. Whether you're going to be 88 or 14, Maturity is not about how old you are. It's about obeying Jesus. So we are invited to walk with the Lord, cooperate with him, submit ourselves to him as our head and our leader of our own lives, and obey him. It really is important to him. I know because I know when I don't obey him, it sucks. It's, it's not fun. It just, you just, you don't feel like you're, you're running into your inheritance. You feel like you're going backwards. Anyway, maybe I'm just talking to myself. There's something that um, paraphrased that one of the disciples, Phil Johnson, say that, that he's kind of reached a point that he'll still do that because he recognized that right away, deal with it immediately before he has a chance to take the easy road. There you go. There you go. Did you guys catch that? So if you, if you see it coming in, are you talking about the sin or after? The, the sin, you know, maybe like yeah. a nasty thought about something. Okay. Like, oh yeah. 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 Things come across your radar, in your mind, in your desires, in your thinking. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be just like the nastiest of things. It could just be the sin of gossip. 
I really want to tell someone about what happened. That person really did something gross, and look what happened in their family. I, I got to tell someone. You know, that's gossip. God doesn't like that. It offends God when we gossip. So it doesn't have to be pornography or um, drunkenness or drug addiction. It could just be having a tongue that doesn't get reined in. He gave you and I the spirit of self-control. But that means we have to go after pulling that into our lives, into our hearts, into our minds, over our tongues, and, and gain control. I keep quoting that scripture, and I don't know the address. It's in Romans. But we are called to rule and reign in life through Christ Jesus as kings and queens. That means ruling and reigning over your body. Your spirit, man, is more powerful than your flesh. And you gotta, we got to start to see ourselves, our inner man, our inner woman, as the one that leads us. Because that is where the Holy Spirit has come in, that seed seed of the spirit has come in created a new life a new birth inside of you and you are to be led by the spirit so you and i are to be led by the holy spirit who is one with your spirit and that is the core the innermost being of who you are and that is what should permeate from there with the word of god filling you your thoughts in your soul life your emotions you know allowing the spirit to rule over your soul and from there over your body it's like going from the, in the temple from the holy place, the holy of holies, to the outer courts. But how many times do we all know we're led often by the outer courts, the flesh? The sarks. They're really sarks. Anyway, let's move on. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, how far did we get? Oh. Yeah, boy, five minutes. five minutes to get. <laughs> I know the boys are watching their timer. Okay, so in every relationship, be, be, be swift to speak. No, be swift to choose peace over competition. Run swiftly towards holiness. So this is the, the call of God is run to me, run into holiness. Run swiftly into holiness and righteousness. Run to make the right choice. Don't debate it and sin. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Okay, so we want to be those who, we know that we have been made holy, and we know that we will see the Lord, so we should run into his holiness. Watch over each other to make sure that no one misses the revelation of God's grace. I think I already covered that, I think, right? We talked about God's grace. It's not a license to sin, but it is the nourishment that we grow in. And make sure no one lives with a root of bitterness sprouting within them, which will only cause trouble and poison the hearts of many. We talked about that too. Gossip. It can, gossip is the manifestation, the fruit often of bitterness. You're bitter with someone said to you, what they did, how they, they took you out of your ministry because they're the pastor of that church and they shooed all the prophets out of the house and they sold the building and took the money. Well, I could be bitter about that, but what does God say? Just deal with it, get over it, get the bitterness out of you, and run into my holiness. Why stay sour and bitter? Because it's just like drinking poison. It's only going to hurt you. They've moved on. They don't even think about you anymore. They've forgotten. 
They might have even passed away. But you still have to live. And you get to choose to live with that bitterness, that bitter pill, that medicine, that poison, not medicine, that bad medicine, that poison, or you can get rid of it. And we get rid of it by forgiving, by choosing to let go of the offenses. You'd be amazed at how many people hold on to things for years and years, and you're like, you're not over that yet? Like, wow. Like, people really hold on to that, and it keeps them in jail when they do that. They're so stuck, they're, it's like they're frozen, and they can't do anything. They can go to the grocery store, and they go home, and do their job, and that's it. Like, they're so stuck, and it just breaks my heart for them that they can't get past that. But that's why we have each other, so we can help each other. Yeah, we could, we could blame God the rest of our lives for allowing that to happen and then get bitter with God because it turns into bitterness towards God ultimately. Because if you're bitter towards people, God just kind of puts you in a jail cell, a, a Holy Spirit jail cell, but he's going to keep you there until you forgive, until you pay every penny, right? As Jesus said. That's another passage, but we won't talk about that. But hey, you're, in a, you're kind of in a prison when you don't forgive people, when you get bitter and, and unforgiveness. God is like, I want to take you forward into what I have, but I can't until you forgive. Because that's his heart, is the heart of forgiveness, the heart of, of grace. And just the way he forgave you of your multitude mountain of sin debt, that's enough reason to figure out how to let go of the little tiny spoonful of sugar debt someone else's. Yeah. And all we have to do is just say, Father, I'm having a really hard time forgiving this person or, or you, because you, maybe you think he did something and just help me with that and he will give you the grace to just get through that amen got 30 seconds <laughs> yes sir That's, that's some good advice. So if you didn't hear that, the word forgiveness has the word give in it. In a sense, it's what Jesus told us to do. You're giving, you're, you're forgiving, you're giving grace. That you can go as far as a, a monetary gift to really kind of uproot that inside of you if you need to. Um, you know, if they did something like ripped off all your money, I don't know. Maybe think of something else. Bake them some cookies. Ah, bake them some brownies. We'll talk about that another time. <laughs> anyway, it's a joke. If you went to the conference, you'd know what we're talking about. <clears throat> There's just a little bit of poo in the brownies. You know, I mean, it's just a tiny, tiny bit. If you knew there was just a little bit of poo in the brownie, I mean, would you still eat it? 
I mean, it's just like a microscopic amount, you know. So I'm going to surprise the kids. They thought, they're thinking already, oh, he, he's not going to keep his word. No, we're actually going to stop. because, And we're going to stop with, with that thought. See, the thing about brownies <laughs> and the thing about uh, something gross being in the brownies, okay, you and I have things to give to people, don't we, spiritually? No, no, so, so listen, listen. Check this out. This is, Barbara, this is good, isn't it? This is really good. I'm not going to re-preach his message. Bell was there too. The kids, you guys weren't there for that session. So uh, this is referring, this is referring to the prophetic, Kelly. When you prophesy, I'm going to, the hand of God is pointing. <laughs> When you prophesy, if you got a little bit of poo in that prophetic word, if you're carrying something, if your lenses, so this is what it really comes down to. You and I have lenses. We see people and we see God through lenses. And when there gets to be crap in our lives, a little bit of you know, maybe a sin that we are choosing not to deal with, it's not that we have to be perfect, but we shouldn't be just partnering with unholiness in our lives allowing things to taint us. I read this scripture the other night. 2 Corinthians 7, 1 says, since we have these promises, God's got some great promises for us, right? Yeah. Since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. That doesn't mean that we have to be perfect, but we should be on pursuit. We should be pursuing God, pursuing his presence, and not allowing stuff to get on our lenses, our prophetic glasses, right? I mean, you know, you've probably, I've done it. I've probably prophesied out of disappointment and discouragement or fear, whatever. It could be a multitude of things that I've allowed in that have been on my glasses. And Dwayne Wolf of New Horizon just, he's, he said to the conference attenders, it's kind of like if you were making brownies for somebody and just just a little bit of poo got in there. But, but they're still good brownies, right? I mean, you'd still eat it. No, of course not. So what you prophesy, what you have to give out of the well of your heart, out of the well of your life, we want, we want these vessels to be clean. We don't want to impart our funk to other people. So... It is, it is a sticky game. You can call it a game, but it, church can be a sticky game. I'll just say that. It shouldn't be, but it can be because we as charismatic, spirit-filled, Holy Ghost-loving believers, we love to lay hands on people. We love to get our hands on people and encourage them and prophesy. And not everyone is always going to do that with the right motives, like you could have a, a, a motive in your heart. You just want to sound spiritual. You want to look spiritual. You might just be like trying to cover up. I don't know. You, we all know. We gotta, you got to examine your own heart, right? I got to examine my heart. You got to examine yours. I'm not the Holy Spirit in your life. You're not the Holy Spirit in my life. We are called to encourage each other and build each other up. And if we do see one of us, you know, doing something that's blatantly wrong, we sh should speak into it. That's what the Bible tells us to do. But ultimately, between you and Jesus, you get to inspect your brownies. You get to look in the bowl 
and make sure the spoon's clean, the, pro the, the ingredients are all fresh, and there's no fecal matter in there. Because, yes, we have some chocolate cupcakes to eat, and we have no idea what those Costco workers were doing back there. But hey, we just, they had gloves on and masked. Most of them were probably vaccinated. Let's stand up, guys. <laughs> yeah, I think Judy's gift of chocolate cake tonight, that, that, just, that just tops it. Hey, that message stuck with me. I just, I thought, you know what? No, I would not. None of us would eat it. So we got it. We got to purify ourselves, guys. Okay, I'm not here to like come down on all of us. I got to preach that to myself. This is not about no grace, all law. We are not a legalistic church. We are not Pharisees. We are not here to set up a bunch of rules and regulations for you to earn favor with God so that God could use you. Okay, we are all broken sticks and God takes broken sticks and he draws straight lines with them. Go figure it out. Or as Richard Gordon said, he was born in a filthy, dirty manger, and he's still born in filthy, dirty mangers today. You and I have a little manger inside of us that Jesus is birthed into, and it's not perfectly clean, but he wants to do a work in you and in me. He wants to clean us, but it takes our cooperation, right? He's a gentleman. The people have said, Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He's not going to force you to do something you don't want to do. He didn't design us to be a bunch of robots. Beep, beep, beep. You know, we just don't do what we're programmed to do. We're not like that. He wants a genuine love relationship so that as you discover his goodness and how much he passionately, fervently loves you, like he loves you, Kelly, with an everlasting love, an undying love, Mikey. He is so for you, Cheryl. You, I was going to call you, uh, no, I wasn't going to call you Jill. Barbara, I can name each person here, but then I'll start messing everybody's names up or something. He loves each one of us so much, guys. And when we begin to taste and see how loving and good he is, we will not want to offend him. We will not want to grieve him. When the Holy Spirit is resting on us, we will not want him to lift off. I don't want to... I don't want his presence to lift. He doesn't leave me. He doesn't leave you. But he won't always rest on you. He's in you for your sake. You receive Jesus. Holy Spirit is in you like a seal, like a stamp on the envelope, guaranteeing your inheritance of salvation. He's in you for your sake. But he comes upon you. He comes resting on you for the sake of others. He wants to ride on you like a, like a living, breathing throne, and you can carry him all over the place. And as he is on you, resting on you, you get to release his kingdom, his, his rule and authority, as you host him, as you walk with him, resting on you. And if we start just like cussing up a storm and flipping people off on the road because they're don't driving too slow. I don't do that. I don't flip them off. Not with my 
The cars, not the driver. Yeah. I, don't, I flip them off in my heart, not with my hand. Let's pray. With that, let's pray. All right, Lord Jesus, we just thank you so much. Thank you for the joy of knowing you, and thank you for the ability to have church together, have a fellowship of believers together where we can actually have fun and laugh with you because we know we've, we've received the revelation that you are not uptight, you are not rigid, and you smile. If we could see your face right now, God, I know, I know it's, you have a smile. You have joy without measure because you love without measure. So we just receive your love tonight, Lord. We receive you, Jesus. We receive you. And we just invite you throughout this week, Lord, we invite you to shine the light of your word inside of us. Show us, as King David said, show me, search my heart and show me if there's any wickedness, any wicked way in me. And lead me, lead me in the way everlasting. So we just say, search our hearts this week, God. If there's something that, that we're doing that you want us to stop doing, please just show us. Let us know how important it is to you. Give us wisdom and revelation to see the effects of certain things that we, that we open ourselves up to. We want to be in the world, Lord, but not of it. We want to be effective. We don't want to be isolated away from the world to where we're no use. We know you've called us to be salt and light in the darkness where the salt is needed and the light is needed. But if we lose our saltiness, we're of no use. So we just ask you, God, teach us. Teach us your ways. Show us how to protect and guard the wellspring of our heart so that what comes out of us is pure, clean water, that we could give pure, clean water of your spirit, fresh, refreshing drink of the spirit out of us to those that you put us in contact with. We want to represent you well, Jesus. So we just give ourselves to you in that way tonight. We say, here we are, God, just as I am. We thank you for the power of your spirit in us, that you would never tell us to do something or live away without giving us the power and the ability to do it. In Jesus' name.